The Rambam says that even though tshuva, repentance, is yafa la'ilam, is good any time, however, during the ten days of tshuva between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, it is yafa b'yoyser, it's very, very good. And therefore God receives a person's tshuva miyad right away. Furthermore, the Rambam states that there's a mitzvah, a positive commandment, and that is that a person should return from the sin that he did before God, v'yisvada, and he should confess. As it says in the book of Numbers, chapter 5, verse number 7, v'yisvada es chatasam, and you shall confess the sins that you did. And similarly, the Rambam in the book of Mitzvahs, Positive commandment number 73 says we are commanded to verbally acknowledge the sins we have committed before God when we come to do tshuva and repent. Now, in chapter 2, the Rambam states what is called tshuva gomura, a complete tshuva. And he says that if a person, for example, sinned with a woman, and at a later time he meets the same woman, and he's still in love, and he has the same passion for that woman, and he has the same strength that he has, that he had then, and they find themselves in the same country. And still no, says the Rambam, he separates himself, and does not violate the sin. That is called a Baal Teshuvah Gemurah, that's called a complete Baal Teshuvah. And Al-Tarebbe writes in Tanya, what is called... Tshuva, what is the first step to Tshuva? The first step to Tshuva is Azivas Achet Bilvad, to simply relinquish the sin. In other words, God, I'm sorry, I made this mistake, I won't do it again. That is the first step to Tshuva. This is the concept of Tshuva Pipshat based on the simple interpretation. How do we understand Tshuva based on remez, on hints? So we find in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30, Verse number 2, it says over there, God will return all the exiles. In other words, when a Jew will return to God, then God will return back to the Jew. And furthermore, He will return all the exiles and bring them back to the Holy Land of Israel. And the Torah goes on to say, Umal Hashem and then God will come and circumcise your heart. And the Ramban Nachmanadi says, that this refers to the time of Mashiach, because now, ever since the creation of the universe, and even after the giving of the Torah at Sinai, a person has free choice. He has choice to do good over bad. However, he could choose good, and he can also choose bad. When Mashiach will come, God will remove the spirit of impurity, He will circumcise our hearts, He will take off the orla, the foreskin, and we will no longer have a temptation to do any evil or bad. The, the Rebbe Rayats, the previous Lubavitch Rebbe, once quoted and said, so if that is the case, what will be the challenge when Mashiach will come? We know most people thrive on challenge. If there's no challenge, there's no excitement to life. So, it seems that uh, when Mashiach will come, it's going to be very boring. We're all going to want to do good, and we won't have any desire to do bad. What then will be the inner challenge? And so, the, the Fidik Rebbe said that the challenge will be between good and better. 
We're not going to have a desire to break the Shabbos. We won't have a desire to eat non-kosher. But the challenge will be between good and even better. So this is the concept of remez. That because we know that a Jew can do tshuva and return, this is a hint that one day God will return all the exiles. Drush, the homiletics. There's a Gemara that says if a person marries a woman... And he tells her, marry me on the condition that I am a tzaddik gomor. I'm completely righteous. And even though we know that that person was a rasha, he was wicked, says the Gemara Mukudeshes, that person is married. So the question is, how could that be? A moment ago he was a rasha, he was wicked, and he made a contingency, marry me on the fact that I am a tzaddik, gomor, a complete tzaddik. So how could the marriage take effect? So the answer is, because with one moment, b'shayta chada, a person could do tshuva, and therefore, with a hit of tshuva, even simply in his mind, regretting his past, and now telling God, I'm going to be different in the future, that person at that moment becomes a complete tzaddik. And therefore, we see even in halacha that tshuva only takes one moment. Because if you have that hit of tshuva, that desire to do tshuva, you can marry a woman on the condition that you are a complete tzaddik. It's a famous Gemara. However, the Rebbe asks a very interesting question. And he says, we know that if a person sinned and then the person did tshuva, the person now is called a bal tshuva. A Baal Teshuvah, a returning to Judaism, is much higher than a Tzaddik. As the Rambam says, that a place where a Baal Teshuvah stands, even a complete Tzaddik cannot stand there. So if that is the case, if you tell a woman, marry me on the condition that I'm a complete Tzaddik, and a moment ago you are Russia, now, by the fact that you did Teshuvah, you become a Baal Teshuvah. You're beyond a Tzaddik. And that's a problem. Because the Gemara says that if you tell a woman, marry me on the condition that I am poor, and we find out that you're rich, says the Gemara, it's not Mekudeshes, you're not married. Why? Because you said you're poor, and now you're rich. So what's wrong with that? It's better to be rich than poor, says the Gemara, no. Some women don't want to be married to rich men. If he's rich, means he's working very hard, he's traveling from city to city, he's never home, he won't be watching the kids, he won't do the dishes. Who wants him? I'd rather have a person who's not so rich, he's poor, but I know he'll be home every day, he'll help with the kids, he'll take out the garbage at night, he'll help with the family. So, therefore, from here we see that if the person is overqualified, and he's actually better than he said he is, that would be a problem with... The Kedushin, that would be a problem with the marriage. So similarly, if a person says, marry me on the condition that I am a complete tzaddik, and now we find out that he's a Baal it would be like someone who says, marry me who because I'm poor, and now we find out that the person is rich. So the Rebbe gave a very beautiful answer, and he said that in truth, when a person does tshuva, and he goes from the state of a wicked person all the way to a Baal Tshuva, he goes through many, many levels. And one of the levels that he goes through is the level of Tzadik Gomor, a complete Tzadik. 
And therefore, at that moment, when he reaches that level, that is the moment in which the Kedushin takes effect. The fact that it continues to move on, and now it becomes a Balchuva, doesn't diminish the fact that he was at one moment a Tzaddik Gomer, a complete Tzaddik. And to apply this concept to the previous case, if a person says to a woman, marry me, on the condition that I'm poor, and after they get married, he becomes rich, that doesn't in any way dissolve the Kedusha in the marriage. At that moment, he was poor. So therefore, it's possible for a person to say, marry me on the condition that I am a complete tzaddik. Even though a moment earlier, he was totally wicked, and he made that quantum leap from a Russia to a Baal Teshuvah, to a returning to Judaism. However, through that leap, as he ascended from one level to the other level, as he passes through the level of Tzaddik Gomor, a complete Tzaddik, at that moment, he becomes Mukudesh's, the marriage and betrothal take effect. This is the concept of Drush. What is Tshuva based on Soid, on the esoteric? So we find that the word Teshuva, based on Kabbalah, is Tashuv Hey, return the letter Hey. That is the meaning of tshuva. Why does it mean we turn the letter hey? We know when God created the world, He created the world through the letter hey. In other words, the tetragrammaton of God's name, the yud and the hey and the vav and the hey, represent four different levels. And the fourth level, which is the lower hey, was the breath which, which God took and blew and created the world. From the letter He emanated the entire world. And therefore, when a Yid does a mitzvah, he's elevating the letter He. And God forbid, when a Yid does a sin, he takes the vitality and resources of God's creation, and he violates God's law. To quote the Alter Rebbe in Tanya, he's taking the head of the king and putting it into a latrine. So this is the idea of tshuva. Tshuva means to return the letter He. To bring this letter A that has fallen into the levels of impurity and to once again restore it by returning it to God's holy name. And similarly we find that every soul has the same concept. Every neshama has five basic levels and three levels, the three lower levels are in the body and the two higher levels are up in heaven and they are connected with a rope. And this rope is made up of 613 threads. If a person violates a commandment of the Torah by neglecting to do a positive commandment or violating a negative commandment, what happens is the rope gets torn or the threads get torn. And um, sometimes you do a sin that's so terrible that the entire rope is cut in half. That's the idea of kodis, excision according to Torah law. Now, when a person does tshuva, what happens is, God takes these two halves of the rope, He ties it together in a knot. And now the rope is double as thick. And therefore we say, in a place where Baal Tshuva stands, that Sadiq cannot stand, because the Baal Tshuva has a double rope. He has double thickness. And He has now a double connection to Almighty God. So this is the idea of tshuva based on soyid, based on the esoteric level of the Torah. What is the concept of tshuva based on chassidus? So we know the Rebbe has stated many times that tshuva is not repentance. 
What is repentance? Repentance means that I made a mistake, I regret what I did, and therefore I'm going to change my way. So number one, repentance is only for someone who has sinned. Number two, I have to change my ways. But tshuva is not changing your ways. Tshuva means to return, to return to your home, to return to the essence, to return back to who you really are. So it's not that you're going away, but rather you're coming home. And tshuva is not only for one who sins, but tshuva is for every individual. Because tshuva means, to return to God who created you, who gave you your life. And therefore, being that God is infinite, therefore you can return infinitely higher and higher. And therefore, even though we had Yom Kippur last year, and the Yom Kippur the year before, and we did Al-Khayt, Al-Khayt, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Why again do I come back Yom Kippur this year and say the same thing? So one of the answers is, it's not that I'm repeating the same mistakes, but each year I'm going higher and higher. I'm returning closer and closer. I'm becoming more one with God. And this uh, also sheds some light on an interesting statement in the Talmud. The Talmud says, if a person does tshuva, out of fear, fear of punishment, then the sins become mitzvahs. Rather, the sins become shkishgogos, like mistakes. In other words, God says, I'm not going to count it like you did a sin, that you rebelled against me, that you clearly wanted to hurt me. I will consider this as if you did it like an accident, inadvertently. So it becomes shkishgogos. If you do tshuva from Ava, out of love, then God says, that the sins become like merits. However, it's only like merits. But it's not merits mamish. Comes along Chassidus and says, the third level. And that is, when a Jew returns to his essence, when he goes back to the essence of his soul, the part of the soul that is one with God, then he reaches a plateau that is totally beyond sin. In that place, in that position, in that zenith, a Jew not only doesn't sin, but he cannot sin, because he is truly one with God. And therefore, the idea of tshuva is to reach this level, that you return to your essence, and therefore... God says, I know that you never wanted to sin in the first place. And that you cannot sin. You have no desire to sin. And even when you sinned, physically, you still love me. And you're still connected to me. And therefore, when a Jew reaches this level, the Torah says, that God tells this person, Ki Hashem God says, I love you. I love you because you're one with me. So this is the level of tshuva, according to Chassidus, it's not about sin, but rather about returning to who you are. And once you return to this true, pure, pristine essence, God says to the person, I love you. And therefore, even though we could do tshuva throughout the entire year, throughout the days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we are told, search for God, because He is found. And therefore, it's a time that God wants to forgive us. He's going to forgive us immediately. And part of the belief of Yom Kippur, and the fast of Yom Kippur, is to believe with our whole hearts that God will atone for our sin.
Even though when it comes to human beings, it's difficult for one to forgive his neighbor, but yet God is infinite, and if we return to God, and we say, I'm sorry for what I did, then God is going to forgive us totally. And that is what we say every day in the Amidah. We ask God to forgive us because we've sinned. And we make a bracha, baracha to Hashem, chanun ha-marvelous loyach. And Dr. Rebbe asked the question in Tanya, how can you make a bracha three times a day on this, on this statement? Unless God truly forgives you. In other words, he did the same sin three times in one day, and you ask God three times in one day for forgiveness. A human being, the first time might forgive you. The second time, okay. The third time, three strikes, you're out. Don't bother me, don't talk to me, I don't want to see you anymore. And can you imagine doing the same three sins? Every day, every day of the year. And yet, we have this audacity, we have this chutzpah. We open up a siddur, we dive in shachris, and mincha, maidiv, and we say, God, I've, I've sinned, and therefore forgive me, and we make a bracha. And we know Jews are, are very careful not to make a bracha, a blessing in vain. So the question is, why do we do that? And the answer is, because it's true. God truly forgives us three times a day. Every time we say, God, forgive me, I've sinned, God forgives you. Surely on Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, Achas Bashana, this one day when the essence of God becomes one with the essence of every Jewish soul. On this day when a Jew comes to Shul for Kol Nidre and for Ne'ilah and he davens, and he says, God, I know throughout the year I wasn't so perfect, I made a few mistakes, but I regret it, and I want to return to you, I want to return to my essence, I want to become one with you, there's no doubt that God will not only transform those sins into mistakes, or even like merits, but it will be totally, totally merits mamish, to a degree that God says, I know you cannot sin, and therefore I love you. And that is why the day of Yom Kippur is not a sad day. It is actually a day of joy. It's called the Yom Tif. Why is it a day of joy? Because can you imagine, if God tells you, you know what, everything you did wrong this year, in one day, in 24 hours, I'm going to wipe that entire slate clean, you're going to be dancing. And that's the truth. Every year in Yom Kippur, God washes the slate clean. It's up to us to make sure that not only is it kishgogos, like mistakes, but God transforms them into mitzvahs mamish, real mitzvahs. And therefore, God says to us, I love you, says Almighty God. And therefore, we love Him, and He loves us. And therefore, we're going back to who we are, who we really are, our essence. And as the Ramam says, when the Jewish people do tshuva, miyad hein right away they're going to be redeemed. So therefore, we hope and pray that even before the beginning of Yom Kippur, the mere fact that we speak about tshuva, and as it says in the Luach, in the calendar of the, of the, of Kul Chabad, that on the afternoon, before Yom Kippur is regret for the past. And the Avoid, the service of Yom Kippur itself, is new resolutions for the future. So already, we surely regretted the past. It's all about making new resolutions for the future. And the Gemara says that when a person makes a resolution, God already counts it as if we've done these new resolutions. So we're sure that this one resolution, as the Nambam says, will be the final mitzvah that will bring 
an end to Golos, the final mitzvah that will tip the scale to salvation, and we'll truly see a year of redemption, a year of blessing, with the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days, when Teshuvah, when all of us will return to the land of Israel to rebuild the third holy temple, Amen.